This is the Sibling Library Podcast. You will know when to start listening when you hear the chimes ring like this. Let's begin now. Welcome to another episode of Sibling Library. I'm Katie. I'm Julia. I'm Megan. And we hope that everybody had a really safe and healthy and happy Thanksgiving. Um, we celebrated ours differently than we normally would, but uh, we celebrated just the same in 2020 style is what we'll call it. Um, but wishing everybody happy holiday season. And in that vein, we thought we wanted to um, have some discussion around some ideas for some, some memories that we have for uh, books or book-related gifts that we have been gifted or um, have gifted to other people uh, over the years. So um, we didn't we didn't prepare we didn't prepare for uh, how we wanted to do the order this week. Do, does Megan have her equity sticks ready? Oh no, I still have not gone into the classroom. So Locker. oh, I thought you were going to make some. <laughs> oh, that's right, I was. No, you only I've... need three. I, true, but I, I need popsicle sticks or, oh. I mean, I guess I could just do a hat with three pieces of paper in it. I suppose that's not really popsicle season. It It isn't, it's, but it's I, always I, popsicle season. Yeah, yeah, I do have some popsicles in my freezer. Well, get on that. Sorry. <laughs> so let's, who, who would like to go first? How about we do it that way? I'll go. Okay. Um, so my favorite gift book-wise that I've given, and I might actually need you guys to help me remember if I've given you any other gifts, <laughs> because the only one I could think of was um, the Hunger Games trilogy that, uh, years ago now, um, back when the that series was really blowing up, um, but... For me, giving books as a gift always is a little bit selfish because it's either a book that I've read and loved and just want to have someone to talk to about it, <laughs> or it, or it's a book that I'm hoping I get to borrow. <laughs> um, so it, in that, that, isn't that just how you buy presents in general? <laughs> me was, or no? I think maybe I'm talking about me. <laughs> A person being Julia. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I in this case for the Hunger Games, I ordered it, or I bought it for Katie um, with the hope of getting to borrow it. And I did, in fact, get to borrow the trilogy um, and enjoyed it. Um, so that's my favorite book that I've given as a gift. And then my favorite one, and I, I did get it for Katie for Christmas, I remember. Um, and then... My favorite ones that I've received, one, well, Gone Girl Katie gave me for Christmas a few years ago, and I just kind of, that was one that I started reading on Christmas and just got sucked into it. Um, and then another one that I really enjoyed um, actually wasn't a Christmas gift. Um, it's the called The Four Agreements, and I meant to look up who the author is. You guys don't happen to know off the top of your head, do you? No, but Mitch I have the book. Mitch Album, that sounds right, yeah. Of course the librarian knows. Yes. <laughs> so, The Four Agreements by Mitch Album, and this one actually was a quite meaningful gift, but I wasn't ready to receive it when I got it. Um, 
so dad actually got it for me when I when you guys took me to college um, and it was kind of his parting gift for me like he gave it to me as he was saying goodbye and I just kind of looked at it and I was like eh. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I literally put it on a shelf and I just I wasn't ready for it I put it on a shelf and I don't think I ever opened it and it was several years later I think that I actually opened it and he had written this nice long letter um, on the front page and it just at the point of time when I was ready for the book and was ready to hear the words that he wrote it was like well yeah I'm kind of glad I didn't open it because it wouldn't have hit the same so that's my favorite gift that I've received as a book Um, favorite book that I've received as a gift (laughs) (laughs) yeah Julia Oh, we're playing popcorn. Yeah. There (laughs) there you go. I totally didn't prepare correctly for this roundup. Um, There's no right or wrong way. No. No. I I mean, I've gotten a lot of books and I've given a lot of books. And I can't tell you off the top of my head what's been my favorite. But I wanted to talk about something that I think is really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, there is an Icelandic tradition that dates back to World War II, and it is in English. This tradition is called the Christmas Book Flood. Um, in Icelandic, it is called Jola Boka Flood. Maybe that sounds delightful. <laughs> <laughs> but basically, it's pretty cool because during World War II, there were a lot of restrictions on imported gifts. Um, but it was a lot more lenient on imported paper goods. So books really became the gift of choice, um, for Christmas during World War II. And Mm -hmm. it's just a tradition that they have continued through today. And, um, I actually read an NPR article about it. And so, um, they give each other books on Christmas Eve to read on Christmas. Nice. And that is, some, that is lovely. And it's something that I want to start doing. And maybe someday we will get to spend Christmas Eve together again in oh, order to happen. do it. Yes. Um, I like that yeah. tradition, though. Because yeah, we yeah, we're too. a family that opens gifts on Christmas morning, not Christmas mm-hmm. Eve. But mm-hmm. to, to get a little a little taste on Christmas Eve would, would be a nice change to the tradition. Yeah. yeah. I like that. Well, I like the way you interpreted that question. Did you have yeah. more? Sorry to interrupt. No, I, I was going to say, so I have spoiled my stocking stuffer for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> That's not really a spoil. Um, we but still I will, don't know how the stories will end. Yeah, I will say that I, I, I mean, I would gladly accept any book, but a signed book is especially awesome to me. So <laughs> I love to give and get signed books. <laughs> all right. Was that all you had? That's it. So now it. I am calling on Katie. All right. So I, um, I, I definitely, as, like Julia said, appreciate um, any and all books that I receive. I did not remember, Megan, that you gave me Hunger Games, but now that you say it, I, I remember it. We, we give each other all so many books and have given each yeah. other books throughout the years. Mm-hmm. Um, I, in terms of book-related gifts, um, I probably would say that one of my favorite 
um, gifts that I've ever received is my, my Amazon fire Kindle machine, my reading machine. Yes. You have one? I didn't <laughs> you guys, know. You guys got it for me. Yeah. Wow. I don't <laughs> See, we, we get it. It's, it, it's, we get each other a lot of gifts. Yeah. I remember, I remember when you gave Megan and me Kindles. Oh yeah, I remember that. I remember too. thinking, why are these pajamas so heavy? <laughs> <laughs> like I was I excited was for clever. the pajamas, and then all of a sudden, a Kindle was in my lap. <laughs> yeah, I, I I was uh, proud of myself for that clever wrapping job. <laughs> I think you guys gave me one the following year when it was a lot cheaper. <laughs> Not yeah. that that was the reason, but just because it was a year later, it was the same model, and it was you know already not as not as up to date as some of the other ones, but I have, it has worked just fine for my purposes ever since then. And this is probably five to seven years ago. I've had no, it for yeah. a while. Is that what you use your comiXology on? Uh, sometimes. Often when I, I read it on my phone, just because it's, it's more portable and I can read it wherever I am if I'm waiting in line or something like that. But, but yeah, I do, I can use, um, use it for comiXology to read digital comics, which is really neat because um, and, and we've talked on a previous episode about preferring to like actually hold a physical book. And mm -hmm. I, I still agree with that, even with comic books, but it's very convenient to, to be able to just have, you know, one device. And I mean, everybody knows this, my, um, one of the, the people that I work with, um, had been flying somewhere just very recently and she came back and she said it was very, very strange because the, the, uh, flight attendant the male flight attendant came down the aisle and looked at her like she was an alien and said, I've an alien and said, I, I don't ever see anybody actually reading books anymore. She was reading yeah. a physical book and he was just floored by the fact that that was happening. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, he, thought, he thought it was yeah. weird that she was reading a, a book book. Um, but I, what I was, where I was going with that is that um, the, um, the nice thing about being able to read digital comics on either a phone or a, a tablet tablet there it is um, is is that when you when you read them you can you can go panel by panel rather than page by page mm -hmm. so it's not like you're trying to read all these small panels on one screen if you you zoom in it'll it'll turn each panel as if each panel was a page and it'll zoom in on certain spots just automatically. It'll be programmed to do that where it's maybe the, the text is smaller than, than in other panels. And it's really nice to, to be able to do that and, and just have it with you all the time. So I, I enjoy that, that aspect of it. So that's one of my favorite gifts. But um, I also wanted to mention um, a book that Julia gave me. Um, <laughs> I, I, this was towards the end of my 20s. I will tell anyone who asks, I, not that anyone cares, but you could not pay me to do my 20s again. <laughs> I, was, I was not a happy 20-something. I was much more settled and comfortable in my own skin once I got into my my 30s. Um, and my my sisters, during that time, both of you were always incredibly supportive, always made me feel grounded and seen and, and, um, you know, I, I think without the family that I have, I, I could have really spiraled and, and had a really hard time of, of everything. So, um, this book that Julia gave me, 
was called Staying Strong 365 Days a Year by Demi Lovato. I can't say I'm a huge Demi Lovato fan, but it's basically um, a book that has some, um, some little tidbit of just encouragement or advice or um, just something to make you feel like you're, you're not alone in, in, in having struggles. Um, and it's just, it's one for every day. So I'll go to, we're, today we're recording on, well, this, this episode will be released on December 16th. So I, I thought maybe I would, would read this. Um, I just turned to it. So this is the first time I've seen what it is. It's a little bit dark, but <laughs> now that I'm looking at it, um, it says violence only leads to more violence. We must all be peaceful warriors. Violence is an endless cycle. It's so much easier to fight fire with fire, but it's futile and a useless venture. It takes so much more energy, thought, creativity, and courage to stand up and be willing to engage in a conversation with someone who doesn't agree with you. You can still come to a place of tolerance and respect without agreeing. We all have to be willing to communicate and respect one another, even when we disagree. And the goal, and it gives you a goal at the end of this this quote and then kind of a little bit more context around the quote and then it gives you a goal and this one says resist violence and demand respect and open communication be willing to see something a different way be willing to see the other person's side so that this book was very helpful to me and I can't say that I've read it cover to cover but it was just the the gesture in and of itself um, again just feeling seen by my my sister was really special to me in that moment and and mm. just really helped. So, next segment. <laughs> you can you can cut that out. <laughs> nope, or not, and just it's embarrass forever. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, we're also closing out the year, twenty twenty. It's been a banger, guys. It's been a oh banger. Gosh. I think we're all ready to say goodbye mm. to twenty twenty. But um, we thought that it would be a nice way to close the year out uh, by reflecting on what some of the favorite things we were, what some of the favorite things that we read were throughout the year. So I think this this round we can go in kind of this, the, the round robin order. Um, how many books do each of you have to talk about? Um, I can do as little as three or as many as seven. Okay. I can do as many as four. Okay. I have three. <laughs> okay, so we'll do three. Three. All right. Before we start, yeah. I do wanna I wanna ask, do each of you're both on Goodreads, right? Yes. I do, got back on it this year. And so I've do, not been super great about everything. <laughs> okay, so that's your task in twenty twenty one. Okay. But I'm curious, did either resolution. of you yeah, did either of you set a book a reading challenge? Yes. No. But sounds like I have one now. <laughs> you you can start one for 2021. I okay. also had one. Megan, did you reach yours? I did with um when I read the Zero's manga. Oh, nice. I don't remember what it was called. Zero's but, yeah. Journey. But my goal was probably a third if maybe even a quarter of what your goal was. I just set a goal for 30. So, yeah, I set a goal of 50 and read right past that. Nice. (laughs) Right now, it stands, I've read 142 books. 
just Jesus. in 2020 just yeah. in 2020 that doesn't count any like um picture books though it's only chapter books or graphic novels that's uh, but that impressive. includes like anything that you listened to on yes. audio right yep it, that definitely counts yes that counts so trying to pick three books was <laughs> somewhat of a challenge <laughs> Um, but I, I did it. Understand I that. did it, guys. Nice. Well, well, I picked four, you. but now I have to choose three. So, if you want to talk about four, you can talk about four. I'll give an honorable mention. Yeah, we don't. Yeah, that's that's a good idea. And you can do the same, Megan. You can do honorable yeah. mentions after we go three rounds, because okay. I mean, I could talk about other books I read too, but I've kind of mentioned them on other other um, episodes. So, mm -hmm. yeah, that was what I I tried to pick books that I hadn't spoken about okay. previously but that's not a hard and fast rule that was just what i did cool mm -hmm. okay same order okay. yep sure um so the first one i'm going to talk about actually kind of the it's not the first one on my list necessarily the ones that i'm going to talk about it's not like favorite to least favorite or anything along those lines. It's just the ones that stood out to me this year. But the first one I'm going to start with, um, kind of the, the quote that Katie read from the Demi Lovato book about um, not, it, it almost sounded like trying to be anti-violent rather than just trying to be peaceful, which leads me to kind of something that I've awoken to this year, and that's anti-racism. So that was where a lot of my books that stood out to me this year, what they were centered around. Um, and the first one of those that I read, and I feel like I, I, this isn't something that's just me. This is something that was big for many people in 2020, um, especially after everything happened with George Floyd. Um, but that was when there was like this mass awakening, I feel like. Um, and the first book that I chose to read was White Fragility by Robin D'Angelo. So if you are someone who's looking for somewhere to start with learning about anti-racism and you just, you don't know where to start, start with White Fragility. It um, puts everything into perspective that once you see it, you cannot unsee it. Mm -hmm. um, so I would, I highly recommend it. Um, yeah, that's my first one. Very nice. Thanks. All right. I am going to pick, uh, so the order I'm going in is kind of the uh, order that I read them in throughout the year. Um, and the first one that I wanted to talk about is called Invisible Emmy by Terry Libinson. And this one's kind of part graphic novel, kind of part chapter book. Uh, it's written for uh, higher elementary school, lower middle school, but, um, it, in the library, it's in the, the kids section. Um, and I had seen this book coming in and out, um, filling holds pretty constantly. And so I decided maybe I should read this one. Um, and I'm glad I did because I found it really relatable. The main character, Emmy, just completely wanted to be invisible 
as you can tell by the title. Uh, she didn't, she had like one friend and when she wasn't with that friend, she was in the library drawing or just being quiet and not wanting anybody to notice her. And um, that was my M.O. during school. <laughs> <laughs> How old was, uh, is Emmy in the story? I believe she's in middle school. Okay. Um, I think a lot yeah. of people feel that way in middle school. Yeah. And it was, it was just an interesting story. I didn't, I didn't predict the way it was going to end, but I thought it was a really, thought it was really cool. Um, so I would highly recommend anybody, anybody reading this book. Um, I don't think it's just for kids. Uh, I thought, it, I thought it was really cool. Nice. <laughs> yeah. I think that experience in middle school is super relatable. I think you're either, you, you fall into either that camp, you want to completely just fade away into the background or mm -hmm. you want all the attention. Yeah. <laughs> it's one or the other. Yeah. It's, it's just a ball of insecurity and yeah. hormones. Yeah. Yeah. And very true. it's rough for everybody. <laughs> yeah. So it sounds mm -hmm. like that encapsulates that experience pretty well. Yeah, and it's the first in a series. I think there's three other books in the series. Um, I haven't read the other ones, but I'd be interested to see uh, what goes on in there, too. I'm, I all with think, the same character? Not with the same character. It's all different characters, but I believe it's like that it is connected. It's by the same author. Okay. So I, I'm universe. interested to read those ones, yeah. Cool. All right, we'll have to check that one out. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the three books that that I really wanted to highlight from the year, all of them stood out to me. I I did not, in any way, shape, or form, come anywhere close to reading as many books as Julia did. No, but well, I read me neither. Yeah, I I, I mean to be fair, the way that. I am librarianing these days is quite different than it has been. So I've had well, more time. You have been taking advantage of that time. Yes. Yeah. So um, the, the three books that I was going to highlight really stood out to me because of the experience that I had around them um, and kind of just be, just that I know having them, having read them in 2020 and everything that's happened this year and some of the things, the things that happened around these books were all, they will, they will be embedded in my brain forever. I will never forget that I read these books in this particular year. Um, the first one that I wanted to mention was, um, was actually given to me by uh, my friend Courtney. Um, she and I worked together and um, this is a book that she is one of her, her very favorites. And she gave it to me not long after we went into lockdown the first time. Um, so she and I had kind of been rotating in and out of the office and she left it on my desk to read. And it's one of her very favorite. It's called Station Eleven by Emily St. John Mandel. And um, it's, I will tell you that it is during this time and the experiences that we're having, it is very much not escapism uh, because it is about a pandemic um, <laughs> and a, a pandemic in the sense that it's, it's much a, a pandemic that is much more 
um, even much more deadly than what we're going through right now with COVID-19. Um, essentially, it's a, a type of flu that once you catch it, you you die within the, within 48 hours of catching Eesh. it. So it essentially is the collapse of society. Um, and then it kind of turns into something that's reminiscent of the walking dead in that there's all these factions of people around the world and they're all kind of trying to figure out their way and trying to survive and they meet up with other factions and there's, you know, danger and drama <laughs> and heartbreak. Um, but throughout the, the story and there's a handful of characters that you follow throughout this, this whole, um, this whole tale and they, uh, you get to see flashbacks of what their life was like leading up to the world collapsing, basically. Um, and a lot of the story, part of why she lent it to me uh, and thought that I would appreciate it is that a lot of the story kind of centers around um, a comic book that winds up becoming um, very important to the people in this world um, for reasons that I will not divulge because that gets into spoiler territory, something fierce. Um, but I do, I do think, especially now that we are hopefully turning a corner on this thing, um, if anyone is interested in, in that type of kind of apocalyptic story and, you know, how, how fragile society is and, and what it takes to build society back up. It's, it's an interest, it's a very interesting read. I couldn't put it down. And I will say that during that time, I certainly was not looking for something about a pandemic. I kind of wanted to escape it. <laughs> Um, but even with that mindset, it was, it was something that I enjoyed reading and it also had, um, kind of a hopeful, uh, hopeful sense to it as well. It wasn't all gloom and doom. So, um, definitely enjoyed it a lot and we'll never forget that I read it this year. Uh, again, the, the title of it is Station Eleven and the author is Emily St. John Mandel. Thanks. I don't think I'm ready for that one yet. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> that is fair, but it'll be there for you when you are okay. ready. It's it's a really it's a really well written story. So, all right, what do you have next, Megan? Um, the next one I want to talk about is Una Out of Order by Margarita Montemore. Um, this one I read. I can't remember if it was the very beginning of 2020 or the very beginning of quarantine, which. Really, what's the difference? <laughs> um, so this one, it's a time travel book, but it takes a different spin on time travel. Like, typically when you read a time travel story, somewhere along the way, like, you find out what the end of it is at the very beginning of the book, you know? Mm -hmm. And, like, the rest of the book is trying to, like, hoping that they're able to find a way to keep the ending from happening when, in the end... We knew how it was going to end from the beginning. So <laughs> it just feels like a waste of time. Like the time traveler's wife. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 <laughs> um, So Una Out of Order takes a little bit of a different play on that. Um, the main character is a, a young woman named Una. And she, um, I can't remember if it's her 18, I think it's her on her 18th birthday when the clock strikes midnight, she wakes up in her body, uh, like, but when she's in her 50s. And she runs into, you know, her, she's in a, a house that apparently is hers, that she owns. 
And she comes to find out that every year from the time that she turned 18, every single year on her birthday, she transports into a different year within her within her own body. So she essentially lives her life out of order, hence Una out of order. So she can go from being 18 to 56 to 22, but just jumps back and forth. Um, and it's, it's a, it's a very fun read for sure. Um, so I, I enjoyed it. If you are someone who's into time travel and want something that takes a little bit of a different route than your typical time travel book. I really enjoy time travel as previously mentioned on earlier episodes. (laughs) I think it's super fun. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff you can do with it, but yes, I I fully recognize that there's just so many plot holes to time travel. Yeah. Plot holes. And also just like, I mean, I, I know I mentioned time traveler's wife already, but like there, I feel like it's so much with time travel has already been done and you have that typical, you know what's going to happen, but they still try to stop it from happening. And odds are that had they not tried to stop the ending from happening... It wouldn't have happened. It wouldn't have happened. Yeah. You know, the whole self-fulfilling prophecy right. of time travel is just the the route that typically gets taken. But it's that's not the case with this book. It, it's, it's fun and spicy. <laughs> <laughs> that is a resoundingly positive description fun and spicy (laughs) i think that's the best new way to describe a book there you go (laughs) all right julia all right so the next one i'm going to talk about is called come november by katrine van dam um and this is a young adult book that i came across when i was doing some router and it looked really interesting and i found what is router Router is when libraries are pulling all the books that are on hold or requested by patrons so we can get them sent out to fill their requests. Pro tip. Uh, And I found it while I was doing that and thought it looked interesting. I found it in October, so I thought, great, I'll read it in November. Uh... So I just went based on the title. I didn't read the description, which is always kind of a interesting thing to do. Uh, And I was pleasantly (laughs) surprised. I really enjoyed it. It It's an interesting story. Um, The main character is a teenage girl, but I didn't find her whiny or annoying at all, (laughs) which is kind of a feat sometimes. Um, That's not to say that that's all YA books, but sometimes you can find some real, uh, <laughs> Bella, uh, <laughs> annoying characters in YA books. Um, but mm-hmm. no, this one was really cool. And I'm so good at describing books. Oh my gosh. You're um, nailing it. <laughs> but, uh, so basically this one is about a teenage girl who's kind of had to grow up pretty quickly because her mom has, is part of this group of people that think this these alien life forms are going to come take them in the middle of November and the rest of the world is going to basically cease to exist. Um, so the main character is trying to deal with that and make sure that she and her brother are, are all taken care of. And it was just... 
it was very well written and I really enjoyed it. I don't want to give too much away, so I will stop there, but I, I really enjoyed it. Nice. Come November by Katrine Van Dam. Very good. Okay. I think it's my turn, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. So this, uh, this book is actually one that I have talked a little bit about on prior episodes, but again, kind of the way that I went about choosing my books is, is just knowing that these are books that I will always remember having read this year. And this one is Superman Smashes the Clan by Jean Luen Yang and art by Gurihiro. Um, it's crazy how relevant this book is this year uh, for all of the reasons that Megan stated. And, you know, it's, it's a story that is actually uh, comes from a radio broadcast from the 1940s. Which you can um, find on YouTube. Yep, you can find it on YouTube. You would need to search it under, um, you probably could find it by putting in Superman Smashes the Clan, but the original, uh, the original title of that production was Superman versus the Clan of the Fiery Cross, um, which was meant to be <laughs> uh, not so subtle, but they couldn't use the actual name of the Ku Klux Klan. Um, mm. But it was, um, at the time, it was written, I believe, by um, two, I think they were brothers of Jewish descent, um, that, that wrote this story and listening to the, the production is a really, really fun, uh, little bit of history. Um, it, it's very, it's very corny in the best way because mm -hmm. it's, it's literally a, a, a radio broadcast from that time period. My favorite part of listening to it was every time um, Superman would, <laughs> would do his like, you know, going off to whatever danger was happening or save the day. Um, the cue for that, because you can't see what's happening, obviously, you can only hear the actors, is he would just, he would say, Hooray! Yeah. <laughs> that would be the cue to know that he was now flying. <laughs> it's, it's, a kick and a half. I really, really enjoyed it. I recommend it. It's about four hours long, but I listened to it in, in several sittings, you know. Um, but the other part of why I know that I'll always remember reading this book this year is, is because of the experience that we had with our book club and getting to speak to the author directly who joined our, our book club session via Zoom. Um, Jean Luen Yang was really interesting to talk to um, and to get to find out kind of the origins of writing this book was really interesting. He, um, he actually read about it in uh, a book called Freakonomics, which is a book that I have and I've never read. It was, um, I, I, I intended to read it. <laughs> it's one that I just never got around to because I used to listen to the podcast and I got off of a plane flying probably home from school or somewhere, I can't remember. Um, but I got off of a plane and got into a conversation with a gentleman who was just sitting in the, uh, the waiting area with me and he had the Freakonomics book and I mentioned that I listened to the podcast. He was like, oh, I just finished reading this here. You can have it. And he just gave me the book. Um, and I never got around to reading it, but I really want to go and find the section that actually talks about Superman smashes the clan. Um, because I, that, that was what led Jean Luen Yang to do the research and find the, the radio broadcast. Um, and 
develop this adaptation of that story. So, um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's why this book was really interesting and important to me this year is between just the experiences we've been through as a society, um, the pain and, and the healing hopefully that is happening. Um, and, and just the, the awareness and compassion that we need to show to each other is really overwhelming. And this story is, is one that kind of gives, puts a, a good perspective on that. Um, and I recommend it to any and everyone who enjoys comic books, who enjoys Superman, or who just would like to read a really good story. Yeah. I also wanted to say another day when I was doing router, um, I found a book. It was, it was not long after I read um, Superman Smashes the Clan that I came across a book called Superman versus the Ku Klux Klan, the true story of how the iconic superhero battled the men of hate by Rick mm -hmm. Bowers. And it's just a whole book about what I'm, I'm guessing is um, the, the radio broadcast. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that looked like an interesting read. Yeah, well. I did not know that was a book. I would like to read that to you. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, that's... That's a nice, um, a nice way for you to get a good gauge on what people are really enjoying, just to be able to see what books can't stay in the library that are constantly on the hold list. Mm -hmm. It's a good little litmus test. You're on the pulse. I try, I try. <laughs> <laughs> All right. One round to go. You're up, Megan. Can I talk about my dud of 20? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so my big fat dud of 2020, unfortunately, was um, 15 Minutes of Flame by Kristen, I'm not sure if it's Brecker or Brecher, um, and this was one that I actually got in the Once Upon a Book Club box that I told you guys about <laughs> last episode. So Is that the it, Halloween one? It's the Halloween one, yeah. So it's just a little mystery, and the premise of it was actually really cool. So the main character found the dead body like 100 year old skeleton of a woman who had gone missing from her town a quaker woman who had gone missing from her town and there were all these legends um about what had happened to her and what had happened to her best friend and her husband and essentially so the whole story is like figuring out the true story behind that so my dad the reason this is my dud is it is so poorly edited. Um, there's so many just little mistakes detail-wise, like towards the end. Well, not even towards the end. They kept accidentally changing the last name of one of the major characters. What? Like, just kept, like, they just kept changing, like, exactly. Like, how do you miss that? They just kept accidentally going back and forth between these two last names and they both started with a w so like interesting it yeah it was a shame <laughs> um and then like in the last chapter there you know how at the it was it read a lot like a, a hallmark movies and mystery mystery movie and you didn't like this I did. I would have liked it if it were edited well. <laughs> You're so angry about this. <laughs> I was so angry. I'm stoking yeah, that flame. 
then at the at the end of the book there on one page in the last chapter the author described that this the same character whose last name kept getting changed throughout she described her as being at the end party playing with all the kids and then on the very literally the next page one of the characters asks the main character where that woman who was playing with the kids on the previous page, where she was. Why wasn't she at the party when she was at the party? She was asking where she was, and the main character was like, oh, she moved back to New York. She left yesterday. I don't know if that made any sense to you guys, but the Not author much. of the book described her this character, I think her name was Lee, described the character of Lee as being at the party, and then another character asked about her, and all of a sudden she was in New York. So there's some inconsistencies. Yes, it was very poorly edited. And I... also, it just was hard to believe that the main character was able to solve this mystery on her own. Because <laughs> at least with, like, Aurora Tea Garden, she's a librarian. And we all know, like, Julia has spouted off so much knowledge. Like, I believe Julia could go solve a mystery 100%. This lady's a candle maker. So sorry to candle makers out there. <laughs> sorry. If you need to get in touch, if you have feedback for us, <laughs> email Megan at. Let's <laughs> uh, anyway. you. I always um. I don't get mad. I'm like, oh hey, I could be an editor whenever I catch like a, something that was left in a book. <laughs> Um, but there, I remember this one time I was listening to an audiobook, um, and it's called Things I Can't Explain, a Clarissa novel, which I don't know how many of you out there have grew up watching Clarissa Explains It All, but this is mm -hmm. like a, a sequel novel. She's like in her twenties, I think, um, out there as a young woman making it big and uh I listened to the audio version of it and it was not edited well there were times that the the um narrator would like stop in the middle of a line and go blah that <laughs> 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 made me laugh so hard <laughs> oh. it's on your audible you should listen I think I mean to. That's amazing. And I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I thought the narrator did a really good job of sounding like Melissa Joan Hart. And, you don't um, think she was just trying to be, like, relatable? No, because she started over. <laughs> <laughs> she started the line over. They just missed it. Oh, man. Yeah. That's, that's pretty comical. Mm -hmm. um, I love it. But it, it did not make me mad, like... It sounds like well, we, we, this is the difference between a librarian and an English teacher. Yeah, yeah I guess grammar matters. Like, I don't get mad when I'm reading my seventh graders' essays and can tell that they did not well, edit them learning. before they turned they're them learning. in. Yeah, but they don't get paid to do this. Not like, it is not their I, actual job. I'm wondering if they like sent like uncorrected proof copies. Like maybe Doesn't they got a deal. On it? I'm sure they got a deal, but wouldn't it say on the cover that it was just a proof? Yeah, probably. And it's not like this isn't even the first book in the 
candle maker mystery mm-hmm. series. It's like the fourth one. So doesn't it kind of make you want to go see if the others are? No, <laughs> no, <laughs> no. One All and right. done. Yes, you are. For sure. Megan is not a completionist. Nope, <laughs> not not for something that I don't like. I have no problem picking up a book, deciding I don't like it, and putting it down and never picking it back up. Good for you. My turn? Yes. Leave some. All right. So the next book I want to talk about is called No Offense by Meg Cabot. It's the second book in the Little Bridge series, which I believe I talked about the first book maybe in our first episode called No Judgments. Um, This is not the type of series that you have to read sequentially. Uh, They just happen in the same place. It's not like a connected story. Um, Though some of the characters pop in and out. But um, anyway, this one is called No Offense. And the two main characters, it switches between... Um, the librarian who lives on the island, and the sheriff of the island. These are just um, fun little rom-coms, but I was um, pretty committed to it in the first five pages because it starts with, at the library during a program with a misbehaving teenager in the program and just everything just going completely messy. Um, But it says, I think it was on page five, if this is a quote, the average citizen would probably be surprised to learn how often librarians, many of whom had master's degrees, were called upon to dispose of diapers or unclogged toilets, though this was not listed anywhere in their job description. Well, I haven't unclogged a toilet, but I have had to throw away a diaper. (laughs) So it's like, we do a lot of stuff that you wouldn't necessarily think. I've had to throw away a dead mouse. Hmm. I've had to do that too. I've had to catch wasps and put them outside. I'm <laughs> I'm sure librarians dealing with the general public have to do a lot of stuff that people don't realize that is absolutely yeah. not in their job description. Oh, yes. For sure. Yeah, no, I really enjoyed it. I thought uh, she did a good job of writing a fun librarian character, um, which I am always a sucker for. So I recommend it. No offense by Meg Cabot. None taken. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm ching. Okay, so I, moving on to my last one, and I'm saving it for last because it really was the the most important to me this year. Um, I was, um, I got married on January 25th of 2020. Oh, it feels like five years since, has passed since then. It's been a very interesting first year of marriage thus far. Um, mm-hmm. and we were really lucky that we were able to get our ceremony and our honeymoon in just before everything went kind of nuts. Um, yeah, they were in Italy in February. Yep. We flew back on February 14th and I believe the country shut down a week or two after we got back. Um, so yeah, we, we really got lucky that we were able to, to have our ceremony and our, our getaway in the way that we wanted to. Um, and I, I really feel for those who have not been able to do that, that had plans to this year. So, yeah. And hoping that everyone that would like to next year is really able to do that. <laughs> so. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Cause, cause you're planning on doing that. <laughs> yeah. 
We're, fingers we're, crossed. Fingers crossed. And toes. Yeah. All of this to say, the book that I um, am relating to my wedding is The Princess Bride. Um, I had a Princess Bride themed wedding. Uh, maybe I'll get some photos together for the Insta to, to share with everyone. But yeah, we had we had some some Princess Bride themed um, decorations, and one of the the gifts that we had for our guests for each um, group of guests, we bought a copy of the Princess Bride and and wrote a a message um, in inside it from the both of us, my my husband and I. Um, the reason I chose the Princess Bride as the theme was because I thought it would be a really fun. It's one of my top five favorite movies, um, and it's the very first movie I ever watched with my husband, um, and he really enjoyed it as well. And he doesn't like many movies, so it's kind of a big deal. I, I, I just it felt appropriate because it's it's kind of an irreverent love story, and I feel like um, you know he and I met a, a bit later in life. We are not we're not spring chickens. Um, it's both of our first marriages, but you know it's we're kind of at the age where um, romance definitely is not dead. We it's not what I'm saying. It's just that, you know, in terms of the epic romance and the fairy tale and, and all of that um, sort of thing is, um, it's very much in this story, but it doesn't take itself too seriously, I guess, is is what I really appreciate about it. Um, and there's so many things that are so wonderful about the film. I had never read the book until, um, again, my friend Courtney has been my, my, um, my wonderful, my wonderful book curator throughout the year this year. <laughs> um, she bought me a, a gorgeous hardcover illustrated version of this for my birthday this year. Um, because I, she knew she had heard that I hadn't read it and she's a huge fan of the book. So, um, I did get to read it and loved it just as much as the movie. Um, probably even more so, uh, getting to, to see where the movie came from. Um, so I really en enjoyed actually getting to read it um, and that, and also um, had a couple of other experiences from this year from it. Um, one of them was in September, um, Wisdoms uh, that is a uh, party that, or an organization that was um, looking to raise money for the Democratic Party in Wisconsin um, to benefit towards Joe Biden's campaign. I'm not going to get political. That's not what this is about. Um, if you are interested in watching what I'm about to mention, you can, you can fast forward through the first 20 minutes or so. And then as soon as it's over, don't hang around for the end because there, there is political content on either end of that. Um, but you can watch it as a fan of the princess bride, regardless. I think you can find it online. It was a, um, at, at the time that I watched it, it was a live stream read through of the Princess Bride via like a Zoom meeting. Um, so it was literally just sitting and watching the original cast um, read through the script. And you just see, you see their faces in their own little, you know, panels on the screen. And each time that, you know, multiple people were in a scene together, you would see all of their, all of their um uh, you know, images on the screen. And it just, I got so emotional watching it because I really love movies and stories. And um, I like to think that the people creating these stories 
on the screen that I'm watching in the movies that I love so much really loved making those movies. I know that's not always the case, but I always felt that that was the case for this movie. And just seeing the camaraderie between all of the actors uh, and, and getting to kind of do this, this reunion was just really special. And I found myself just crying multiple times throughout, even mm-hmm. when it was funny, just because you could see the chemistry they have with each other and just the little looks that they gave each other, you know, and, um, and then there was a lot of great discussion afterwards um, that they, you could tell that they were all just reminiscing about the experience of, of having made this movie together and that they all looked upon it so fondly. Um, so I, I really appreciated that. And it also led me to, um, listen to As You Wish by um, Carrie Ellis, who played Wesley in The Princess Bride. And I cried through that as well, because it just further <laughs> confirmed my, um, you know, my, my knowledge of, of how much that all of these people that were involved in this experience really feel that it was such a special experience to them and one that they look back on and remember. Um, so I, I really appreciated that about it and it was kind of the the cornerstone of the year for me that kind of helped me get through the year between you know it being uh the the central theme of my wedding and then just getting to have these experience with it throughout the year so um that's my last one so that that's to to wrap up the year on a a high note because it was definitely my favorite thing that i read this year Closing out the year, we've reflected on some of the things we've really enjoyed. What are the two of you looking forward to reading next in 2021? Um, So I just started the Land of Stories series. Yay! Yeah, I'm about a third of the way through the first one, and I'm really, really enjoying it. It feels very reminiscent of um, the miniseries The Tenth Kingdom, Mm -hmm. which Katie, Julie, and I absolutely love. Um, So I foresee myself wanting to watch that when I'm done with this. Um, But I'm also excited to read The Fourth Hunger Games, which I can't remember what it's called. Julie, do you remember? Nope. Okay. Well, I know you have it, so I will be borrowing that probably. I should probably just let you take that. Because I tried starting it like four times and I couldn't get past page two. Alrighty, well then maybe I'm no longer excited to read that. No. <laughs> I, I, I didn't know I there mean, was a fourth book. It just like came out this year. Prequel. Oh, it's a prequel? Yeah. That can go one of two ways. Yes. It sounds like it's gone one of those two ways. It's going to be like I'm a sure time traveling book. I'm yeah. going to know how it ends before it begins. No. <laughs> I, I think I have decided I would rather listen to that one than read it. Okay. Gotcha. Well, I will still give it a whirl. Yeah. That's on my list for right now. Julia? I am looking forward to... Both of these books have already come out. Um, Looking forward to the new Sophie Kinsella, which is called Love Your Life. And also, I'm very intrigued by the Dolly Parton book that just came out called Dolly Parton's Songteller, My Life in Lyrics. Ooh, who doesn't love Dolly Parton? We all need a little more dolly in our lives. Yep. Accurate. Cool. Katie? All right. For me, I am looking forward to finishing out the Magicians series. I took a little bit of a break from it. I had started the first, or sorry, the third and last book in the trilogy. Um, But I kind of took a break from it, having 
needing to um, catch up on books for, for book club and, and whatnot, but I'm looking forward to diving back into that world and, and seeing how that story ends. Um, and I'm also looking forward to, um, to reading the newest volume of Once in Future, which is a graphic novel uh, comic book series that I've been, I've been following. Um, and that's all I have planned at the moment. I'm also finishing up um, the omnibus of Strangers in Paradise, which is another graphic novel series by Terry Moore. And that was actually a Christmas gift from my husband last year. So I'm finally getting around to it and I'm enjoying that. So nice. Yeah. I think I forgot to mention that The Land of Stories is by Chris Colfer. Does anyone have any parting comments? <laughs> nope. <laughs> no comment. No comment. See ya, 2020. Yeah, seriously. Good riddance. Well, there was some good stuff that happened, though, too. All right. Did you say so. There was. I got married. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 2020 hasn't been all bad, but it's been a lot of bad. So I think we will say goodbye to it and hope for mm. a more, uh, I don't even know what the word would be, a better word, a better year in 2021. Mm-hmm. It's, it's been it's been a rough one for everybody so yeah. everybody hang in there keep staying safe reading is very safe so do mm-hmm. lots of that yeah it's always there and for you share and repeat and then share and repeat and then do it all over again that's sh- that joke has run its course <clears throat> nope <laughs> <laughs> all right well i've enjoyed this conversation with you too and we will do it again soon Bye. Merry Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Happy New Year. All the things. Bye. 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 That brings us to a close on this chapter of Sibling Library. Thank you for listening. Until next time, let's read, share, and repeat.